1: All right. Good
0: morning, everybody. Welcome to Friday, December 8th, 2023. This is episode number 511, episode 511 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. I am your host and super pumped to be here. Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Mr. Green Reads, Marcus Kyler, the Yeet Crew. Uh, we got James Adekudo, Senphilis, Chris Young, Jesse Johnson from the Mod Team, Kimberly, Eric, a lot of boys in straight crushing it from the GRC contingent. My man, Robert Morse. I mean, excuse me, Robert Moss with the coffee cup. Cheers. Gabe Lister knowing it's Friday all day. Kenneth Ruff bringing it from across the pond. And... My man, Mohammed. Good morning. Hashtag Team Live. Guys, we're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So what can you do with this information? Like, why does it matter? Who cares? And if you're looking to break into the industry, believe me, you're going to get value, A, because you're going to be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current? B, you're going to learn the terminology concepts and things are going to start to coalesce and put together in your mind as you're leading, uh, learning disparate um, skills in the industry. And three, look at the stream over here on the other side of the news. On the other side is chat. Chat is a torrent flowing with goodness, support, inclusion and love and it's the Simply Cyber community. So if you're looking to break in, get get on it, get to be part of it. It's a welcoming spot. It's all about good times. If you are here, you should definitely know that I do not prepare or research any of the stories we're about to go through. You're getting my rough, rugged, raw initial first impressions and thoughts on all these stories. I've been in the industry a very long time, so I have a lot of opinions and thoughts on all of these stories. Now, before we get into the news, Uh, Please allow me to introduce and share the stream sponsors with you. Those uh, businesses that um, I'm proud to affiliate with and also uh, allow me to bring this to you every single day without me having to worry about being evicted. Starting with my good friend, Panopsy Security, over with Brandon Poole and the whole team over there. Listen, get a partner who understands your cybersecurity program and business goals. Whether you need a quantified risk assessment to make a case to your CFO and CEO on why you need to spend on staff, technologies, workflow, process improvements, whatever your Q4 plans are or your 2024 plans. At this point, Q4 is already in the bag, but you can get a fractional senior level practitioner to come in and help you get your stuff sorted out. Maybe you want to do a tabletop exercise. Panopsy has got you. Maybe you want to do a three-year roadmap. Penobsi has got you. Maybe you just want to get a lay of the land in your current maturity level for your InfoSec program so you can tell an insurance company that you did it. Penobsi can help you with that. Penobsi.com. Give them a check out. Love Brandon Poole and the work they're doing over there. Also want to say shout out and love to anti Siphon. You guys all know anti Siphon training in the Black, Black Hills gang, especially if you went to Snake Hill Summit the other day. anti Siphon training is here to disrupt the traditional training industry by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone, including you, Tim McDonald, you, Ellery Doro, you, Brian Peak, you, Kimberly Can Fix It, all with, regardless of the financial position. So don't let money, don't let cost be a barrier to entry to you getting access to um, learning skills, practicing what is taught and engaging with a wicked good community. Anti-Siphon Training, check it out. Link in the description below. Love what they're doing. Uh, Use the description, go to pay what you can training and look at the calendar of upcoming events. Again, quick shout out, end of January, early February, there's back-to-back training that, Um, I would recommend, you know, like, um, like somebody who's looking to break in, if you have the time, right? You obviously have to commit the time. They can't do that for you, but dude, John strands, active defense and cyber deception, right? Hot, hot on the heels of sock core skills. That is a slam dunk, uh, two weeks of sick, amazing training from an industry leader. Definitely go check it out. Now, listen, Every episode of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast, just like the one you're listening to this second, right now, live with me, is worth one half of a CPE. Now, you might be like, Jerry, I don't even put a half a CPE um, under the Christmas tree. Like, what are we doing here? Guys, it stacks. Half of today, half Monday, half Tuesday. You're not going to be submitting these every day. You're going to bundle them up, and then like once a quarter, once a year, you're going to... Select all, count the number of files, multiply it by 0.5 and submit it. So say what's up in chat, grab a screenshot, get your CPEs, get your CPEs, yeah. And, you know, like, let's have a good time. Do work, do play. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. We can have fun and do work too. That's what I'm all about. Dude, if you're like me, if I'm going to work 10 hours a day, you better be- believe I'm going to make make it fun and enjoyable. All right, so get on your CPEs. If you're live with us, hashtag team live. If you're on replay, what's up, team replay? Hashtag team replay. And if it's your first time, welcome to the party, pal. To the party, pal. We don't know it's your first time today unless you tell us. Hashtag first timer in chat. If today is your first episode of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief, drop a hashtag team, uh, excuse me, drop a hashtag first timer in chat. Make the circle wider uh, Simply Cyber community. You know we love welcoming our first timers. Everyone is welcome here. Everybody gets an opportunity to be part of the crew. So say um, hashtag first timer so we can properly introduce you. We've got squad emotes. We've got sound effects for you first timers. So get in here and be part of it. What's up Pamela, Joshua? It is Friday, so every Friday we have Joke of the Week uh, presented by James McQuiggan. So that'll be coming up at the mid-roll, which is always a good time. Holler at you. So do me a favor. Sit back. Relax. We're motoring. I just want to share with everybody. uh, I've got my coffee cup, so get yours. Get ready. Uh, This is a new cup of coffee, by the way. I'm drinking Josh Mason Bean here. So we'll see. Uh, I do love coffee, though. So get your coffee. Get settled in and let's get to work. Let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us all in an awesome way. I will see you all at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity
2: headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Friday, December 8th, 2023. I'm Steve Prentice. Insurance firm sees cyber attacks as more likely than fire or theft. New research from Aviva states that, quote, businesses are 67% more likely to experience a cyber incident than a physical theft and almost five times as likely to have an attack as a fire, end quote. This is backed up by their data that shows that, quote, 10% of small businesses and 35% of larger businesses experienced a cyber incident in the past year, end quote. Furthermore, 20% of businesses surveyed admit to, quote, not being confident in knowing what to do, end quote, should an attack happen. North.
0: All right, so a couple things. One, um, really quickly, I saw a first timer. What's up, Wesley Gillis? Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Let's get this emote train going. Wesley's in the house. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, Welcome to the party, pal. All right, guys. um, So check it out. This is a wicked good story to start. Uh, for those who don't know, I you know as much as I love infographics and all that. Um, hey, thanks Pursuit of Bliss, love seeing you for five months and for sharing the love, guys. First of all, a couple things. One, cyber insurance is something every business should have. Um, I love as the years have gone on. So, cyber insurance really turned into a hot mess. Express in 2015. It was like Oklahoma Sooners. All the insurance companies were trying to pick up as many clients as possible. They would pay out on anything. Obviously, in the wake of like not NotPetya and billion dollar claims and stuff like that, um, the cyber insurance company has cooled. And now, like they don't just give anyone a, a policy. Like you have to like demonstrate some level of minimum uh, information security. Well, uh, now we have uh, actionable intel where we can show uh, statistically that you're more likely, you know, 80%, I think they said, more likely to experience a cyber attack than a fire. Uh, This should come as no surprise to any of us because we all live in the world where ransomware is like a daily uh, situation. But what I wanna tell you is two things right here, and this is for my practitioners in the audience, okay? Uh, People looking to break in, obviously you can bust this out in a job interview, but for the practitioners out there, two things. 1 every ceo and cfo understands what fire is okay you would hope all of them understand what theft is okay so when you tell them that we are more likely like hey i'm I'm really pumped that we bought fire extinguishers i'm really pumped that we have fire exits but guys we have like a 80% chance of being hit by a cyber attack over fire okay so if you're worried about the building burning down that's fine, but you should have significantly more concern about a cyber attack, right? So you can use these easy parallels, these easy, um, you know, current narratives of like what risks are to uh, portray why you need to invest in, you know, cybersecurity or cyber insurance. I also want to point out that they say uh, cyber crime is something that can impact any organization. Um, this might want, you might like, with all due respect, when I first saw this, this could be your first slide in your deck. (laughs) Like when you're, when you're like giving your, I don't know, quarterly update to senior management depends where you are, right? If you're at a larger organization and you're the CISO and you only get in front of the group, like the board or senior leadership with some level of infrequency, this is a good one. Um, You could also bake this in if you're a smaller business and you're doing like uh, monthly, you know, kind of like uh, all talks or whatever, like, you know, um, in-person type things. This right here, this quote, I'm saying put it on a red flag, right? So like, like the entire slide is bright red and this is in bright white font. That would be compelling. And like, don't make it the first slide. So like it's sitting there waiting as people are queuing into the room and stuff like that. You've got to have like a nice, soft, easy, um, you know, like, oh, welcome to the information security talk. Maybe play some smooth coffee jazz, you know, like, hey, come on in here. Well, I hope you're having a great holiday. Cyber attacks are down. How are we doing? And boom, cybercrime is something that can impact any organization. Do you feel me, right? Really grab their attention. Once you get their attention, you could say, Hey, listen, statistically, we are screwed. We are going to get hit by cyber attacks. We need to improve the situation. All right. Cyber insurance, they say many businesses lack cyber insurance. I would uh, point out just here as an insider tip um, it's not because they're not investing. Some businesses cannot get a cyber insurance policy because the cyber insurance companies are like, bro. I'm not writing you a policy. It's like writing a life insurance policy for someone who's like a cartoon character from the 50s, like cranking out like an entire pack of cigarettes at the same time while they're drinking a bottle of hard liquor with the three X's on it. And their eyes are popping out of their head as like, you know, uh, interesting characters walk by like, ah, I'm just like living YOLO here. Like no one's going to write you an insurance policy because you're like, you're going to die, right? Right. Same thing for businesses uh, for cyber insurance. So, like I'm not writing you a policy because you don't have multi-factor authentication. Like 23andMe, perfect example, allowed their customers to not have multi-factor and have crap passwords. I don't know how that in fact impacted their cyber insurance. Usually it's more around your internal staff processes and less about your customers. But just to use it as a uh, a point. Anyways, the TLDR practitioners who are you know, in practice right now, more on the GRC side, this is a great story to data mine for compelling reasons to get insurance, to get, um, to to like again, like everybody knows what fire is, everybody knows what theft is, so this allows you to quickly do that association and make cyber attacks more front and center.
2: Korean hackers steal anti-aircraft system data. The Andarial Hacking Group, A-N-D-A-R-I-E-L, apparently linked to the Lazarus Group, has been accused by the Seoul, metropolitan police, of targeting South Korean defense companies, quote, stealing technical data on anti-aircraft systems as well as research institutes and pharmaceutical companies, end quote. Some of the companies whose data was stolen were unaware that they had been targeted. The hackers allegedly used a South Korean server rental company as their base, which they connected to from downtown Pyongyang. All
0: right, really quickly, uh, North Korea, all your base belong to us is what I heard in the story. And if you don't know what this reference is, not to have inside jokes, uh, this is a famous like Nintendo game from back in the day where the translation from like Japanese to American was a hot mess. uh, And now it's a meme. Uh, James McQuigan with the super chat. Did we
1: just become best friends? Yep.
0: I'm not sure I want to attend Jerry's security awareness training. Smooth jazz, nice tone, and then boom! Cyber can impact any organization. Oh yeah. I've only got one speed James McQuigan wide open. All right guys, so North Korea getting up into the anti-aircraft systems. Um, you know, basically um North Korea mostly known for financial crime. They're they're really the only state-sponsored group that does uh, cyber financial crimes, bank robberies, basically. But uh, they're um, they've been recently getting into espionage, trying their hand at espionage around um, basically aerospace engineering. They are absolutely into like rockets and wanting to um, you know <laughs> try to intimidate the world stage by shooting rockets into the ocean and, and letting people know that they're serious. Um, now it looks like they're stealing anti-aircraft technology. Again, um, I've talked about espionage in the past. The fact that so North Korea has the skills, okay? Like they do have advanced cyber capabilities. They really have some really um, skilled operators. Uh, you know, people who can do offensive security stuff. Um, so stealing stuff is not a big deal for them. And now they they did a front in a South Korean company. Again, standard practice. If you're a threat actor, um, or just so people know, if you're doing threat actor operations, cyber kill chain, you're not hacking from your laptop in Starbucks in in uh, Pyeong, uh, not Pyongyang in um North Korea, right? You are literally hacking into some business and then hacking from that business, maybe into another business, and then hacking on target or you're hacking from one business into target. Um, and the reason is it makes it very difficult for attribution. It makes it hard for uh, blue team and defenders to kind of figure out where the attack's coming from. Uh, we do have techniques for attribution around uh, TTPs and uh, different malware used and stuff like that. But um, this is what they did in this case. Now, I just want to point out one quick thing. Stealing information is valuable because the anti-aircraft system that you know, South Korea or this firm developed. It took them time, and time is money. It took them people who have the skills to develop it. People cost money. And it took money, money, right? You have to pay for product. You have to pay for testing, labs, equipment, all that jazz. Right? All of that North Korea doesn't have to pay for, including the time, which is huge, um, because they stole it, right? And this is why espionage is so valuable and so um germane to, um, you know, cybersecurity. Now, I I also want to point out just because you steal the blueprints to, you know, an M1 Abrams Abrams tank or you steal the blueprints to an anti-aircraft system does not mean that you like clap your hands and an anti-aircraft system appears. This isn't, you know, this isn't civilization. This isn't The Sims right? Like this isn't a video game. You still have to have the manufacturing capability. You still have to have all the product that would go into creating the anti-aircraft. You still have to have the knowledge to understand how to read the blueprints and the schematics and all the intel to build it. So, um, you know, when you read this, it's like, oh, that's concerning. But at the same time, um, it doesn't mean that they have that capability now. It just means that they stole the tech on it. Uh, also give something else to give consideration to, um this could not this could also be not them developing the technology but trying to discover um flaws and weaknesses in the technology in order to exploit it right so like let's say they're going to fly uh jets in and sh- like basically carpet bomb South Korea and South Korea has this anti-aircraft technology or whoever their adversaries are um if there's some vulnerability in it they can discover then they could you know basically disarm or Compromise the anti-aircraft systems in parallel with a kinetic military airstrike. Right, so uh, I just I just share that because I want people to keep in mind. Like sometimes the objective, the mission, you know, the actions on objective, the intent of the long-term strategy isn't necessarily to have the intel for you to create something, but it could be to compromise or undermine an existing something somewhere. Okay. Uh, B-Sec brings up another good point. Cash, homie. And this actually, you know what? This, uh, to b credit, he said they could sell the tech to somebody else. This honestly would would line up more with North Korea's uh, MO. Uh, not to paint too, br- like my, my paintbrush is like four feet wide. That's how broad it is. But Russia typically does like information operations. China typically does espionage and north korea typically does financial focused crime right because they need money because they can't they're so they're sanctioned to the gills where they don't have uh gdp or product or exports or like they can't trade on the world stage so they need straight cash homie and, uh so to be sex point uh they could have been hired right by i don't like they could have been hired by like let's say i like moldova just to pick a country that's like kind of random or Ethiopia, what? Like it doesn't matter, right? United States, right? It, they could have been hired um, to steal this tech because they have the capability. And let's just pick a random country, like it, it. Okay, like how about Atlantis, right? Just to pick a fictitious country, right? Atlantis. Atlantis doesn't have the technology for anti aircraft, and Atlantis doesn't have the skills to hack in. So Atlantis goes to criminal con and gets with North Korea and is like, hey, here's a suitcase of money. Can you steal this for us? And North Korea is like, we like money. We need money. We would like to do that for you. So uh, all different ways of thinking about it. But again, um, the fact is they sold the tech. What they do with it is TBD.
2: Ability discovered in fleet management software. This vulnerability, quote, could allow hackers to manipulate a fleet of vehicles at once, including the possibility of shutting down the vehicles, end quote. Discovered by a security consultant at the Dutch IT consultancy Zebia, that's spelled X-E-B-I-A, the vulnerability, tracked as CVE-2023-6248, essentially requires just an IP address, some Python, and access to a Linux server to get access to, quote, live locations, detailed engine diagnostics, speakers, airbags, and to execute arbitrary code on vulnerable devices. End quote. Oh my
0: God. That's disgusting. That is gross guys. Okay. So first of all, um, the hackers, they can shut it down. They can shut it down. Catch me outside outside, hackers. How about that? All right. So they could shut down a fleet of cars. This is Guys, this sounds really bad. Okay, so from a GRC perspective, right, as a as a CISO, when I heard this story, I'm like, this sounds bad, okay? So an entire fleet of cars, so meaning what, what I would consider, what I just heard is an arbitrary number of cars that are vulnerable to this attack can be controlled remotely, which is bad, with very le- little skill, right? This isn't a Metasploit uh, module where you click and like, you know, uh, uh, somebody who doesn't know what they're doing could do it, but a little bit of Python and an IP address can do it, all right? So to me, if you if you have like kind of four tiers of skill and there's like the person who doesn't know what they're doing and they're following like a um, tutorial, and then there's someone who like understands what they're doing, but they kind of are clunky and, and and you know, whatever, then there's someone who knows what they're doing and it takes time and they could they could do it, but it takes time And then there's the person who knows exactly what they're doing. And they're very sophisticated, right? This one clunky, like level two can do this one. All right, so that's pretty bad. Yes, dumpster fire. Thank you, Uh, squad emotes. uh, This very much is a dumpster fire. Or uh, not to be funny, but like this very much feels like the hot mess express, right? Like because it's a vehicle, right? It feels like this is the the bus. as a, as a, as a CISO, basically when I hear this to me, it's like, okay, I've got to dig into this a little bit more and figure out what is the actual scope of exposure, right? Like very, very basic. Okay. And you can use this out in a job interview. If you, if you, if it is natural for you to say it, but like with something like this, right? Oh my God, dumpster fire. This, this is a hot mess express. Okay. Well, hold on. Pump the brakes guy we we very, very basically look at likelihood and impact. I know it's trivial, right? But likelihood and impact, how likely is this to be exploited? It sounds pretty easy. It can be done remotely and it can be done by someone who's not super sophisticated. Um, and honestly, the, if it's just a Python script, I bet you um, there'll be like POCs coming out soon, or Threat actors are gonna share with each other. So that's gonna push it down to even easier. So likelihood's pretty high. What is the impact? And that's where you have to do the work, right? Is this affect every car on the road? That's not good. Does this affect only Nissans? I don't know. Does this affect only cars in the United States? So, so this is what you have to do. Now they're talking about it's machines that are you uh, that you the Sirius, Sirius IoT four Serus four IoT gateway uses this MQTT server, which is like a messaging queue server. That we have already heard about significantly. Um, I think this is an Apache thing. We heard about this recently. Um, if it's the same issue. So, first of all, ah, oh, you gotta patch it. You gotta patch it, bro. Like we've talked about this one, um, ad nauseum. <sighs> um, what's the does it have a score yet? Yeah, okay. So check this out. I know I can't zoom in. This has a base score of 10. 10 is the highest that you can get to. Okay? 10 is the highest. 10 is not good, bro. 10 means you 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 are this is a priority. You got to get into it, okay? I, I just want to know who is using the Sirius 4 IoT gateway. That's really the question here. Um so let me I'm just going to scan this story a little bit because this does um this is important. Also, shout out to Yashin Mahabubi uh who uh, is a security researcher at Zebia that figured this out. Way to go. You get a shout out. Um, As you can see, they talk about the risk, meaning the... Oh my God. They say here that the risk increases significantly. Where is it? They say the risk increases exponentially. And that is because... The likelihood is going up because it's easy and the impact goes up because it can affect more and more and more and more vehicles, right? So this is really a hot mess express. Um, I'm just looking now to see who uses it. It could turn a vehicle off. That's not good, obviously. If you're on the highway doing like 70 and your vehicle shuts off, not good. Um, You can find the server using Shodan. Again, very low level of effort and they found 4,000 real-time vehicles spread across the country. So, okay, so here's the impact. 4,000, oh, I really hate it when that happens, okay? Like, I don't have patience for that. Uh, 4,000 vehicles is the uh, scope of this one. So, here's the deal. Um, If I was driving one of these vehicles, I would wanna know about that, right? Um, I I don't want to spend more time on this, like, but to me, this is a story that warrants 10 minutes of your time. Again, if you work in automotive or you're responsible, like you work in transportation, BSEC, and you are responsible for a fleet of trucks, right? This story is worth 10 minutes of your time just to see if you're in scope of the issue. And then if you are, you can use Shodan to find out if you're really in scope and if you're in trouble. Uh, this could be a downstream thing that you're not even, um, you're not even like involved with, right? Like, like it could be a third party service that's using um, something for your truck or for your fleet management, because you've outsourced it, because you're into making widgets, not into managing fleets. So this is a big deal. Okay, this is a really big deal. And I hope we don't hear stories about hackers um, exploiting this. Uh, thanks, BSEC. Really, I think it's BSEC. Really quick. Um, this is a nice little write-up that shows you everything that can be done with this particular hack. And oh my, uh, you can see here, you can monitor routes and real-time tracking. So there's very little... Um, Privacy, right? I mean, if you're uh Vin Diesel and Fast and the Furious one and you're stealing DVD players for some reason, um in, in like the most inefficient way possible from tractor trailers, this would be useful for you. Yes, I'm throwing shade at Fast and the Furious's plot lines. Um Okay, uh dashboard like so all of these are like privacy and intel, which is not really informative. To me, um Detonating an airbag. It, so it doesn't say these things, but interact with the devices over the air. So interact with the devices, like um, shutting the car down, detonating the airbags, terrorizing. Imagine if you will for a second, you are a psychopath lunatic who's been stalking someone and you get into their car while they're driving and you like turn their, Music way up and their windshield wipers on, and then you disable their car. Heck, you could even be a psychopath and disable their car while they're on the highway at night and now they can't they can't leave. So there's like physical security concerns and personal safety concerns that could also be weaponized by this. Again, don't limit yourself to just like you know, state sponsored actors doing fleet management operations and screwing with people. All right, let's keep going. This is this is a hot mess. Express though this this story is definitely worth more in uh, in, in investigation. Mobile password
2: managers might be exposing your credentials. This vulnerability named Auto spill comes from an autofill feature in Android apps that can quote expose users saved credentials from mobile password managers by circumventing Android's secure autofill mechanism. End quote. This is according to university researchers at the IIIT Hyperabad, who presented their research at Black Hat Europe this week. The vulnerability happens when password managers get disoriented about where they should target the user's login information, for example, between two competing music player apps. One password told TechCrunch that they are working on a fix. LastPass stated they already had a mitigation in place via an in-product pop-up. Google and NPass had not responded to TechCrunch as of the date of this recording.
0: All right. Um, hold on. All right, so this is an Android issue, okay? Listen, I, I, every day, all day, I talk about password managers. I love, I love password vaults, onboarding's tough, um, they're super useful. They they keep end users like Carl, Carl from having crappy passwords, from reusing passwords. You wouldn't have been hit by 23andMe if you had been using a password manager and had different passwords, okay? What they're saying is several popular po- password managers. So this is not an Android issue. This is the software of the password manager on an Android device issue. Um and it's a very specific use case so you log into or you go to log into an app and then you use federated authentication um log in with your Google creds or your Facebook creds and when the, you know the pop up happens and you go to paste your creds it accidentally pastes it into the wrong field so the exposure here is not good you could be passing your creds to the wrong app which means basically um instead of federating with a Google creds and getting the token or, uh, the cookie or whatever, it's usually a session token, uh, passing it through and authenticating you, you're passing it directly to like Spotify, which is not going to work. Cause Spotify doesn't know those creds. Those are your Google account creds. Um, the exposure here is limited because a, and this would be so ridiculous, but a, the, there's only a couple ways that your credentials get compromised here. One, a man in the middle attack. If the the music app that's getting your uh, creds inadvertently is doing it in a non-encrypted connection, which is unlikely. Second, you send the creds to the music app and it's not going to authenticate correctly because it's not the right creds for your account on the music app. And it's going to say password incorrect they would have to be logging those passwords in clear text or in some way that is not that is um would allow an analyst to come back over it and find it that typically doesn't happen and an analyst would have to go look in the logs the logs would have to be captured like this is interesting and not good it should be fixed but there's like in my my initial thoughts and opinion there's like eight things that have to happen and, and be lined up for your credentials to actually get exposed. So if you're using Android and a password manager, and you're concerned about this, like I, I, think your creds are not getting compromised. It could lead to compromise, but again, this right here, like the oh my god, the previous story, this is like pretty much anyone can find a car and using a little bit of uh, tech, shut it down really really bad, right? really 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 bad. This one, nah, less bad. I'm not concerned about this one. They'll get it straightened out. I don't think there's a compromise. There is uh there is a percentage of likelihood of exposure, but I think it's low. Let's keep.
2: And now, a word from our sponsor, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Is ransomware affecting your business? Contact Barricade Cyber Solutions at recoverfromransomware.com. Barricade Cyber Solutions are elite DFIR experts who come to the rescue for businesses like yours daily. The trusted team at Barricade Cyber traces the source of infiltration and fortifies your defenses. Depend on Barricade Cyber Solutions for your data and system security. Go to recoverfromransomware.com. That's recoverfromransomware, all one word, dot com.
0: All right. I don't know how many first timers we have in chat and to all the college students who are going to be catching this on team replay as we're at 380. Uh, Fridays are always tough. Thursday is the start of the college weekend. I'm not naive or or so old that I forget what college was. All right, guys. Welcome to the mid roll. Wesley, this is the mid roll. All right, guys. Hey, shout out to the stream sponsors, starting with Barricade Cyber, sign Anti Siphon. Love what they do and genuinely appreciate um, all the effort and all the energy and the financial support. Shout out to Pinoff, uh, Barricade Cyber, who has renewed for the entire 2024 year. So get comfortable with uh, Barricade Cyber because they are fully embedded uh, into the Simply Cyber ecosystem. Guys, if you're getting value from this stream, episode 511, if you're if you're a member of the Simply Cyber community, if you're getting value, if you're a first timer or a long timer, if it's educational, if it's entertaining, if you just want to hook it up, hit the like button on YouTube right now, simply because you're paying it forward. You are doing a service to somebody you may not have met yet who's going to find the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat briefing next week because you liked this stream today. Love, love it, love it. All right, guys, check it out. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge, we're always pushing this um, in the mid-roll. If you would like to supercharge your professional network, and just so you guys know, I know many of you know this, but for the newcomers who don't know and the people way in the back, Simply Cyber is all about community, it's all about service, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an ongoing initiative that is what I would consider pretty, pretty successful and pretty awesome. Uh, if you would like to supercharge your professional network, and guys, professional networks are so freaking important. If you want to supercharge your professional network, do the following go on LinkedIn. Step one search for this hashtag. Step two. Find the people who are posting with the hashtag. They are the baton holders. One a day we do. One a day we do. The current baton holder posted yesterday. Connect with them. Comment on their post. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I picked the wrong song. My brain is melted. all right hey just just because i did that
1: you are so dumb you are really dumb for real
0: i made a mistake i made a mistake i'm sorry all right guys let's try it again from the top if you want to supercharge your uh network go on linkedin search for this hashtag simply cyber community challenge and uh, connect with people posting, comment on their posts, connect with the people in comments. Here's the deal. Connecting with them, A, you're connecting with community members. They're all about support. They're all about inclusion. Spoiler alert, and in case you didn't know this, we don't, we don't, um, we don't condone, nor do we um, allow toxicity or bullshit. sorry, Kennedy in the Simply Cyber community. So if you're all about good times, get in here. If you're toxic, find another community, all right? So by connecting with Simply Cyber community members, you're pre screen vetted people who are awesome. By commenting, you're gonna get picked up in the feed. So for five minutes a day, you make your own connections. And then while you're not online, you're passively building network connections because other community members are connecting with you in the comments. Listen to me. I'm telling you right now. Put it on your calendar five minutes a day for two weeks time I promise you in two weeks. Check back with me You will be very happy that you did this and you will be pleasantly surprised Okay, and if you're not let me know and we'll do something about it to fix it, but we've been doing this for uh, I Don't know like maybe six seven eight months 100% success rate 100% thumbs up rate. People dig it. Okay. All right. Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Trisha, Trisha uh, Corticus currently has the baton. Trisha, if you're in chat, Trisha in chat. Yes, tag someone Trisha. Trisha's uh, got the baton. Go find Trisha's post on LinkedIn. Everybody else get ready because Trisha's about to tag somebody. And by the way, can we just for a second? Do you guys see Harish Kumar in chat? Hold on, I'm going to bring him up. Hey, Harish Kumar is in chat right now. Do you know what Harish Kumar posted on LinkedIn? Broken to cybersecurity. Like the... like... Harish, when the music stops, we're going to play the wrecking ball song correctly. Guys, it is Friday. Grayson Show of the Week presented by James McQuiggan. We got some holiday p- themed ones. Why do reindeers like Beyonce so much? Why do reindeers like Beyonce so much? Because she slays. Oh! Nice. What's the best way to watch a fly fishing tournament? Oh, this one's so obvious. What's the best way to watch a fly fishing tournament? You've got to live stream it, baby. Live stream it. And why is a broken drum an excellent gift this holiday season? Why is a broken drum an excellent holiday gift. Jesse Johnson, this is a this is right in your wheelhouse, my musician friend. A broken drum is an excellent Christmas gift this holiday season because you just can't beat it. You can't beat it. Speaking of uh, holiday seasons, uh, Happy Hanukkah. I saw on social media today is day one or first day or Hanukkah starts today. And I apologize if I'm, I'm saying that like not 100% accurate. Uh, But happy Hanukkah to our uh, community members who celebrate Hanukkah. I hope you have a great uh, Hanukkah and a great holiday season. Uh, No matter what uh, holiday you celebrate, I hope you have a great holiday season. It's the best time of the year. All right, guys, thank you all so very much. Be good, and let's get back to the news. Oh, I got to have that fade out. That's uh that's that's a rough transition.
2: Bluetooth flaw threatens Android, Linux, macOS. Oh yeah, by the way, Harish Kumar. I came in like a ball. Yes, yes. And iOS devices. Identified and tracked as CVE-2023-45866. This is an authentication bypass flaw that allows for the injection of keystrokes to achieve code execution. Discovered and reported by security researcher Mark Newlin, the attack, quote, deceives the target device into thinking that it's connected to a Bluetooth keyboard by taking advantage of an unauthenticated pairing mechanism that's defined in the Bluetooth specification.
0: Uh, Okay, so standard issue... um, You know what's interesting? Like, this is the second story in probably two weeks around Bluetooth. Bluetooth security research had its, like, you know, had its coming out party in, like, 2017. DEF CON, it was, like, so hot. That Hansel's so
1: hot right now.
0: Oh, Bluetooth was so hot in 2017. Uh, I don't know if there's, like, a renaissance going on here, but uh, Bluetooth's coming on back. Uh, Guys, here's the deal. Like, everything's got Bluetooth, like, I mean, like everything's got Bluetooth right now. Bluetooth, low energy, Bluetooth, whatever. Um, <clears throat> all your, um, you know, AirPods, AirTags. Uh, well, I think AirTags are actually NFC, but but don't let this, don't let, <laughs> don't let facts slow down what I'm saying here. Um, but guys, Bluetooth, it can be hacked, but let's be real. Bluetooth is a pan technology. We don't use that acronym very often, but a personal area network technology. Think around like, you know, 10 or 15 feet of a bubble around the device. So if the phone's in your pocket, you're walking around with like this 10 or 15 foot bubble. Um, So threat actors do have to be physically close to you in order to um, um, compromise it. Now, when you're at a DEF CON, Black Hat, if you're at a mall, if you are a red team or a pen tester operating and you're going on site, physical security, um, then yes, obviously there's a lot of techniques that can be done. Uh, to to attack Bluetooth. But in the larger scheme of like, I I guess, just to put this in perspective, because I feel like a lot of people who are trying to break in um, have a difficult time um, reconciling like what's important and what's less important. Bluetooth hacks are really cool and they make a lot of pub because they're cool. But like in the grand scheme of like my risk profile and my threat exposure, I'm not, Bluetooth isn't even on my list. Like You have to scroll to the bottom and then hit next page twice to get to like my Bluetooth concerns. I'm concerned about, you know, crappy passwords and threat actors, you know, exploiting cross-site scripting vulnerabilities and Carl standing up stupid WordPress things. Like I've got bigger issues than um, Bluetooth, okay? But it is cool and you should know about it. Um, Now, there is a CVE around that. It does affect... Um, Android, Linux, Mac OS. So it it sounds like it's more of an issue with the actual Bluetooth technology than it is necessary platform dependent. Um, You can see here, it's around the the Bluetooth stack. Um, Authentication bypass is not good. That's like straight up uh, really bad. Um, And it says you can just connect to a host without user confirmation. That was always like the the backup default uh, security control was like, you know, you guys have done this. Like you go to pair with a Bluetooth device and it asks you to put in like a pin that's on the other device and stuff like that. Um, I don't know how you actually, I'd be curious how you patch this because it's a problem with the Bluetooth stack, not the operating system. So maybe there's drivers that you can do that could fix this. Um, Google said it could lead to remote. Uh, see how it says proximal adjacent escalation of privilege. Um Yeah. So remote escalation, it's not remote access. I feel like you'd have to still be close. I think when they say remote here, I'm thinking it's like, like when it says proximal, it means remote. Like I don't have to physically have the device, but I do have to be within 15 feet of you. I I don't know how, uh, if there's a, like, again, this is Bluetooth stack issue. So it's not, it's not, um, like the driver would have to be fixed, I guess. Uh, source code patches for the issue will be released by Android open source within the next 48 hours. Okay, so there will be a patch for this um for Android, at least in the next 48 hours. I would Apple's pretty good about um escalating patches again. In the scheme of things, Bluetooth is not a concern that I'm super worried about as an attack vector. It doesn't mean you ignore it, right? It doesn't mean that you're like, oh, I ain't got time for that. But I mean, just put it in part of your normal patch cycle unless you're a VIP and like, like for example, like let's say you're one of the presidential candidates, all right? I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Tea Party, Green Party, um, Simply Cyber Party, whatever. It doesn't matter. If you're like, you know, a presidential candidate in the United States on the campaign trail or your campaign manager, Um, as we saw um, Russia attack Hillary Clinton's campaign manager and staff in 2016. And you're going to different places, you're shaking hands with people, Um, you're going to rallies and crap like that. Well, now you're going to be exposing yourself to potential attack vectors because you will be close to these people and you are a high value target. We're spending the time, energy, and effort to get into those phones is valuable. So you've got to do the, again, I'm a GRC wonk through and through. You have to do the risk calculation. What is the likelihood? What is the impact with consideration for the actual reality of what it is? My phone, dude, I walk like five feet from my house to my office in the backyard and back. I don't, I mean, it is is like, I don't go, I don't go anywhere. Right. So my Bluetooth phone, I'm just going to stick with the normal patch cycle. Final thing I'll say here Okay. Final thing I'll say here is, and I say this from time to time, Android is releasing a patch for the Android operating system. If you're running some like, um, and there's no, I mean, I guess I'm going to throw a little bit of shade, but like, if you're running some type of like off-brand knockoff Android device, like, like um, whatever, not like an LG or Google Pixel or a Samsung Galaxy, right? If you're running something that doesn't really get updates often because because the developers don't have the time money or energy to back compat- make backwards compatibility for all the extra modifications they built on top of the Android OS then you're not getting the patches you're not getting the operating system updates like if you're running if you have a tablet um or an, a phone that runs Android operating system and Android is on like I don't even, the Android operating system naming convention is annoying to me, but like, say they're running like Snickers and you're running KitKat and you can't get the updates to Snickers. Like it just doesn't show up in your app as like being able to upgrade the operating system. That's because the vendor does not support that, which means you're not getting any patches, which means your phone is basically end of life legacy. So just be aware. Uh, I mean, this Bluetooth one, less concern, but as more you know, patches come out for Android uh, and you're not getting them, that is why. A lot of people don't know that. Ah, you
2: got to patch it. CISA adds Qualcomm vulnerabilities to its KEV catalog. The four flaws, whose CVE numbers and details are available in the show notes to this episode, include three that have been addressed by Qualcomm in October, and according to Google's threat analysis group, have been actively exploited in targeted attacks. In adding them to its known exploited vulnerabilities catalog, CISA has ordered federal agencies to fix these vulnerabilities by December 26th of this year.
0: All right. So, Qualcomm flaws. All right. Very cool. CISA. Um. Let's get the Jen Easterly emote. Hey. Just as a quick. Um, just as a quick update. I I sent Jen Easterly like a LinkedIn connection request. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. All right, so CISA adds Qualcomm flaws. CISA has this like known exploited vulnerability catalog, which is absolutely fantastic. Dude, vulnerabilities come out all day, every day. Like we like if you work in vulnerability management, my heart goes out to you. Like, I- I'm sorry. Okay. And guess what? We've all taken a turn in the barrel of vulnerability management. And if you haven't, <laughs> consider yourself fortunate. Vulnerability management is is one of the It's a very difficult job um, to do well. Um, And it's frustrating and it can lead to apathy and all these other things. But anyways, CISA has this known exploited vulnerability catalog, which helps you prioritize what vulnerabilities to get into. Uh, Case in point, like I just told you, this fleet management takeover thing, that's a way riskier vulnerability than this Bluetooth one that got covered a minute ago. Now, um, CISA's, Known exploited one means that the vulnerability is being exploited. Not all vulnerabilities are being exploited. You can have um attack surface and risk, but it's not realized risk because the exploitations aren't happening. But when exploitation happens, it's bad. The impact goes up, the likelihood goes up, and uh, and that's why CIS is doing it. It's their, it's their community service to everybody, okay? Um, and Qualcomm obviously is in a lot of places, so be mindful of that. Uh, the final thing I'll say here, and as much as I am a CESA, uh fanboy, as much as I'm a CISA fanboy, get ready, uh, Jen, earmuffs, because I don't, you know, I don't want Jen to hear me throwing shade here, but uh, I'm going to throw some shade, okay? CISA orders federal agencies to fix this by December twenty-six. You have one, two, two weeks, three days. You have two weeks and three days. You better get this fixed. CISA's ordering you. Well, I hate to be... All right. So Jen, earmuffs, dude, check this out. CISA orders, like, okay. And then what? We just saw the other day, I can't even remember exactly what it was, but um, there was some order that came out like two years ago that you will do uh, incident response or you'll have logging. I can't remember exactly what it was in all federal agencies. And then an, uh, an analysis was performed, and 20 of 23 agencies hadn't done it. And 18 of 20 that hadn't done it had done nothing. So I flipped out, and actually, someone commented and. Uh, Team replay comments about why am I yelling all the time? CISA orders. You know what? I got to tell you, if if uh, if I was ordered by CISA to do something, I would do it. But uh, there is case study and lots of proof to demonstrate that agencies aren't doing it because what's the ramification? I'm not getting fired. I'm celebrating Christ- uh, my holidays. I'm busy. I'm on PTO. Most most people who are like most people take the last two weeks of December off, especially in the u s government, okay? Who's fixing this? right? Bro. So um, as much as I want them to fix it, as much as I love CISA ordering federal agencies and giving them a deadline, show me show me the teeth that's gonna drive it, okay? Um, and finally, um, just because I saw it as I was scrolling, again, I don't research or prep for these things. Google Tag, Google the Threat Analysis Group and Google Project Zero discovered these things. Google Tag and Google Project Zero are phenomenal. Phenomenal. Okay. Uh, um. I think Malware Unicorn, I'm not sure if she's still there, but she was part of that group. Uh, Tavis Ormandy, Tavis Ormandy, who I think is a phenomenal security researcher, works over there. He's worked there for years. If you guys don't know about Google Threat Analysis Group and Google Project Zero, and the zero stands for zero day, um, I strongly recommend you Google them and put put a Pomodoro timer on for 20 minutes and spend 20 minutes reading about these two groups. They're phenomenal. They put out great information. And we, as a Country, frankly, are better off because they are there doing
2: security research. Indian shoe chain Aldo clarifies Lockbit posting. The shoe retailer, which has almost three thousand stores across the world, has clarified that a recent posting from Lockbit claiming that it had attacked the company without actually giving details on what had been stolen, involved the systems of an unspecified franchise partner, as reported in the record. Aldo stores in the US, UK, Canada, and Ireland are owned directly by Aldo Group, while all others are franchises. A spokesperson for Aldo confirmed that, quote, no Aldo Group owned or operated systems were affected by this incident, and that the affected data is limited to information pertaining to their operations in a specific overseas territory, and that the affected data does not contain any Aldo customer financial or payment card information, end quote.
0: Wow, okay. All right, hold on. Oh my God. Um, So I'm going to say sorry, Kennedy, but like this to me is like all those response to Lockbit Threat Actor Group. <laughs> like, I don't know if you just heard that, but this is like what I just heard. All those like Lockbits, like we own, we own all your base and all those like, actually we did a, we did an analysis. Like, like you, 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 you stole like some boxes in the back of our garage that we forgot we had, bro. Like you're, you, like, you're cute, you're cute, but um, the adults are uh, talking, so why don't you go somewhere else and play in sand? Like that's what I just heard with this story. Basically, Lockbit is posting that they've got Aldo, this massive billion dollar shoe seller, and what they got was like a fraction. Now remember, Lockbit is a ransomware affiliate business. So there are a network of people out there executing ransomware, you know, exploiting their um initial access, dropping ransomware and then it reports back to Lockbit and at that point Lockbit's like okay, we got another there's another fish on the line, basically let's reel it in and and uh grab some files and say what we got. So when and again, I'm not trying to like um I'm trying to be objective, but like, I'm also thinking about it from Lockbit's perspective and Lockbit's business, okay? So Lockbit, if you think about the management at Lockbit, which again, I know it sounds ridiculous, but Lockbit and these top tier threat actor groups are criminal enterprises. They are businesses. So you have to think of them as like business operations and the way business works. So affiliate goes out, steals some information, it comes back in. Um, People at Lockbit need to like parse through it and figure out who they got, what they got, figure out the right ransom amount. And they say, okay, it's Aldo. Let me Google Aldo. Aldo's a billion dollar shoe company. Good to go. Looks good. Let's post it on our dark web or telegram channel that we got Aldo off and running. Lockbit and the threat actors, they don't know if they got a crown jewel sensitive file server or if they got, you know, a third party consultant who is doing some work at a remote you know, Buenos Aires location on doing SEO for Aldo in, you know, within that little market for a holiday season. Right. So unfortunately it sounds like, um, you know, they reeled it in just to use a fishing example, they reeled it in and they thought they caught a 45 pound catfish because Google said, Oh man, it's a billion dollar shoe company. And then like when they, when they, you know, posted it, you know, they took the picture of, um, again, this is like a super deep fishing reference, so not everybody's going to get that. But they took the picture holding the fish, and then Aldo went online and said they're actually holding the fish really close to the camera, and it's a tiny, tiny fish, and th- th- they really didn't get anything, right? And Lockbit's like looking at the fish and like, oh crap, it really isn't much. So we'll see. Um, again, back in the day, Lockbit may have. Gone after Aldo um, for throwing shade and stuff at them. But in reality, they're making so much freaking money um, that they don't have time to like even deal with this. Like they're just gonna move on to the next uh victim because honestly, um reputational damage to Lockbit and throwing shade at Lockbit, it doesn't it's not worth it financially for them to you know d- focus in a concerted attack on Aldo. They literally are losing money if they were to stop and try to emotionally address all those response to this, they'll just move on to the next victim. They are making money hand over fist.
2: Disney Plus spoofing scheme exposes new sophistication. An article published by the CISO of Abnormal Security, Mike Britton, describes a brand of impersonation cyber attack that raises the stakes in email fraud scams. In brief, the campaign involves personalized emails sending a notification of a pending charge for a new Disney Plus subscription. The emails came with a personalized PDF attachment with careful attention given to a seemingly legitimate customer support service number, Disney Plus address, brand colors, and no misspellings or malware-laden attachments. What makes this attack unique, according to Britain, is, quote, the level of sophistication and personalization the threat actors used, end quote. This included a time pressure technique informing the recipient that the new fee would be charged upon receipt of the email, thus increasing the likelihood of the victim's response. A link to this report from Abnormal is available in the show notes to this episode.
0: All right, it is the holiday season. Phishing attacks go up. Do me a favor, everybody. You and I, DreamLogic, Laura Flores, Justin Gold, you and I know... That getting an email about your re- renewed Disney Plus or um, you know, uh, an additional charge for your upgrade to your Disney Plus is bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, Kennedy. But my Aunt Donna, my Aunt Dorothea, your cousin Brandon, your cousin Todd, your your you know, um, your nephew, your niece, like, you know, the 19 year old who just went off to college, like, they don't know. This right here is an absolute slam dunk for you to copy and paste this or just shoot an email out on your family group text, right? Say family group text, like who doesn't have a family group text or a social friends group text, right? Send it out and say, hey, just so you know, there's a phishing, there's a rash of phishing emails going around saying that you um, have a Disney plus charge. It's totally fraudulent. That's all you got to say. You don't have to explain phishing. You don't have to explain the threat actors. Um, you might want to say the goal of the the um, the goal of the Disney Plus fake email is to get you to call a number. Do not call it, right? Just so it's clear what action not to take because the whole email campaign is to get you to call a scam uh, call center and then they're going to rip you off. So this is targeting not me and you. This is targeting my Aunt Donna. This is targeting my cousin, Pat, okay? This is targeting my good friend, Brent Gary, okay? So this right here is an absolute slam dunk for you to share with your end user community, with your family, friends, and loved ones. And make here's the pro tip. Whatever you send, however you do it, right? Don't just limit it to one, right? You could text your friends and your family group chat. You could put it in an email and send it to... um your end users, if you receive this email, go check your spam folder. You might already have gotten it. Take a screenshot of it and use like use the little, um, you know, like uh, the tools that you can like point an arrow or circle, put a screenshot and and put it in the email. And you've got to make the message to your end user community very simple. Hey, like make the subject line, don't fall for fake Disney plus charge email. That's it. That's enough for them to know, and put it on their radar that Disney Plus fake emails are coming out. And then just say, you know, here's the email. They're going to try to get you to call a phone number. Don't call it. Period. End of story. Protect your end users. This right here. Threat actors are going to threat act. Um. All right. So we need people. All right. So hold on one second.
2: Remember to join us later today for Super Cyber Friday. Where...
0: All right. Hey, guys, really quickly, if you were here just for the news. I'm sorry I went a few minutes over. I genuinely appreciate y'all being here. If you got to jump, then jump. But if you want to stick around for some jaw jacking and some uh, Simply Cyber community talk, AMA type style stuff, holler at me. I'd love to spend uh, some time with you. For all of those who are not going to stay and have to peace out, thank you so much. This has been December 8th, 2023, episode number 511 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm Jerry, your chat. Thanks so much and have a great weekend. We'll see you at 8 a.m. Eastern time. For everybody else, let's do some jaw jacking, baby. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the jaw jacking segment of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief. And I'm your host, Jerry Guy. Hopefully you had a great Daily Cyber Threat Brief stream. If you're new here like Wesley or other first timers, um, basically every single weekday we do the uh, the Daily Threat Brief for an hour. And then because this is my full time job, I kick it for 30 minutes, AMA, tell you about things going on, answer questions, do what we can do. And uh, have a good time. I share updates with the group. I see a lot of people talking about a sorry Kennedy emote. If that's something people want to do, uh, we can totally do that. I'll add it to the list. In fact, um, let me let me look right now. I'll tell you. I'll tell you definitively if we can if we can stand it up. Just so the community knows, I can either um, create new emotes if we've reached certain thresholds, or I can replace existing emotes. For example, we have the Elon emote. I haven't seen anyone use the Elon emote uh, in quite some time. So we could repurpose that one if we wanted to. So we don't have to necessarily reach new thresholds. I'm looking at the, um, I'm looking in YouTube right now. Hold on one second. We currently have not unlocked um, new emotes. Now it says we need seven more members in order to unlock an emote. Um, That's what it says, but I've also seen it say something similar in the past and then it didn't unlock. Um, So anyways, we need more members or we can repurpose it. If you guys want a... um... All right, so a lot of people are saying get rid of Elon. We could totally get rid of Elon. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll get a sorry Kennedy uh, emote. Hey Rex, what's up? Stats have been already been released about Amazon's most shipped item this holiday season. Their boxes. Oh, did we
1: just become best friends? Yep.
0: <laughs> I love it, Rex. That's actually hilarious. Um, James McQuiggan, did you pick up that what they're putting down? I uh, yeah, I can't guarantee. It says seven more, but um. All right, guys. So uh, what can? Hey, I don't know if anyone had a chance. We had. We had limited uh, numbers yesterday. Probably 50 or 60 of you showed up for Mike Prevett's return on security and uh, key strategies for cyber startups. I thought it was a great stream. Uh, if you're interested, it is available live on the stream. Eric Taylor from the top rope. Did
1: we just become best friends? Yep. All
0: right, guys. Here we go. Let the let the, uh, sub train roll. Valentino. Oh, there's a 100 squad. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Oh, boy. There we go. This just happened. All right. Let me refresh. Let me refresh this. Here we go. Uh, refreshing. Standby. Standing by to standby. Okay. Eric Taylor from Barricade Cyber. Thanks so much for the super chat uh, for the squad membership raids. We have unlocked an emote. Um <laughs> We've unlocked it, so we can get a Sorry Kennedy emote right now, y'all. If anyone has... All right, so let's talk about it. Um, Like, just overwhelming. Thank you so much, uh, Eric Taylor. Did
1: we just become best friends? Yep.
0: We now have a Sorry Kennedy emote because Eric Taylor and the Barricade Cyber Team just dropped 100 subs on the stream. If you're a sub member who's just gotten it, like Martin Lundskat, John Milner, Shinzo, Ori, Double Free, Chris, um, the Disbeat. Like, dude, the 100 people who just picked it up. Get on those squad emotes. You're going to be able to use the um, the squad uh, Sorry Kennedy emote as soon as we get, uh, get that figured out. Anybody have thoughts on what the sorry Kennedy emote looks like. I'm thinking maybe it's like a couple expletives, like the hashtag the exclamation point, and then maybe a teardrop. I don't know. I'm going to need some help with uh, with this. Hold on. Brian W, get rid of Jen Easterly?
1: Catch me outside. How about that?
0: Brian. Brian. Catch me outside. How about that? Come on, man. Hey, real quick, let's just, let's just log in and see if Jen Easterly's accepted my network connection. <laughs> real time! Holy crap. It's 150 subs. Oh, Did we, just become best friends? Yeah, we-, we may have unlocked two emotes, bro. Hold on. Here we go. I'm just checking in right now to see if uh, we've gotten accepts. Hold on. Here we go. Is this like taking a second? Let's let's see here. Nope. We're still we're still I'm still at uh I'm close but not I'm not I'm close but not there. Damn. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. All you squad members Oh, Brian uh Brian is uh Black Hills. I like it. Make it a cat, cat GPT. Uh JFK, Luke Canfield. I don't get the correlation between JFK and oh oh Kennedy. Sorry, Kennedy. That's a good point. We could do JFK's head. He's got that famous headshot. Oh, a swear jar, Brent B. I like that idea. Swear jar. Kennedy head uh headshot. And God, that's like not intended to be a pun. Oh God, that was... Let me back away slowly from that one. Wow. Whoops. Um, all right. So let's do this. Um, start a poll. Sorry, Kennedy. Uh, emote. This won't be definitive, but, uh, JFK head, um, swear jar. What else did we get? Swear jar, um... Let's see. Speak oh, speak no evil monkey. That's a good one. Um, and then what what else we got? Oh, and I'll tell you who Kennedy is in a second. Uh all right, hold on. Let's just um I don't know. So, hey, if whatever I just dropped a poll, like whatever wins on this one won't be the answer. It'll just move forward. Uh, For those who don't know who Kennedy is, priority problem solvers. So the Simply Cyber community is not just, you know, working professionals. A lot of, uh, not a lot, but some team members listen to the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber threat briefing in the car with their family. Um, Dan Reardon listens with Pearl, his daughter, from time to time. And a a woman named Estella, uh, who was was a very active member in the Simply Cyber community. I haven't seen her in a minute. So if she comes back, uh, it'd be great to see her. But Estella uh, was one of the first people who told me that she watched with her daughter, Kennedy, on the regular. And I knew that Kennedy was a regular member. A uh, base case watches with his kids. Anyways, I try to make Simply Cyber, all Simply Cyber content, but really including the Daily Cyber Threat Brief, kid-friendly, um, I want my content to be inclusive of as many people as possible. When I'm up here swearing and being crude and doing adult themed content, that's not inclusive of of children. In fact, it's it's not appropriate. So whenever I do swear because I get you know angry or upset or whatever, I try not to. But sometimes it happens, and I apologize to Kennedy. Kennedy is a essentially like an avatar to represent all of the younger members of the Simply Cyber community. So that's who's Kennedy is. And I will tell you, I have heard I this happens to me personally, and I have heard many, many people in the Simply Cyber community say this. So if you do this, let me know in my real life. If I'm driving and someone cuts me off and I'm like, I say something I shouldn't like, you know, like an F bomb. I then say, sorry, Kennedy, I'll be driving by myself alone in my car and I will say sorry, Kennedy after I swear or, you know, like and people, or I'll say it in like with a group of people and they have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, so I don't know if you also say, sorry, Kennedy, but I do, uh, on stream and off Jackson King says his daughter listens in the car while driving her to work. She was able to answer some copyright questions based on something that was said. That's awesome. Jackson. Woo. <gasps> Um, Kennedy is going to be famous. I love it. Oh, cool. Uh, priority problem solver has kids nine, seven, five. I agree. So I have children. I have an eight year old and an 11 year old. I love my kids. I I want them to get access to this information, you know, and and if, um, if it's inappropriate, you know, I wouldn't, here's the thing. If it was cat GPT doing the stream and I was listening to it and I wanted my kids there and cat GPT was like, Shall we play a game? Shall we play a game? Shall we rip the face off this place? You know, like, I'd be like, guys, we can't watch this together. I got to find something else for us, right? Sorry, catchy PT to make you like an 80s hair metal band um, persona there for a second. But I had to make the point, okay? All right. um, Let's look at the poll really quickly. The swear jar is pretty strong. A lot of people liking the swear jar. We only got 89 votes, but that's out of 300 people, but it's pretty solid. Let's end the end the poll. Uh, swear jar is the current. Remember, too, by the way, we could create the emote and then change it later, okay? <laughs> uh, good idea, Roland. My son, when he was dropped, my son was dropped. When My son, when he was three, dropped an F-bomb. We adopted the swear jar afterwards. That's funny, Mr. Green reads. Hi funny and concerning, right? Mia screaming. Hopefully everything's all right. Uh, I'm heading out. Oh, okay. Whoops. <laughs> Not just supposed to read that out loud. Uh, be good. Be sack guys. It's Friday. What a great day. What a great stream. Uh, what a great community. Oh, Hey, that's a good point. D crash already points out that the speak, no evil monkeys already there. We shouldn't waste an emote on it. That's a good point. Aaron Strong's three-year-old also dropped an F-bomb seems like three is the uh, <laughs> three is the spot GM rock for F-bombs. yeah exactly <laughs> All right hey guys uh, oh so hey um, I asked the community yesterday and if you guys want to weigh in, uh, I would totally love it. I asked the community yesterday. Uh, Today, I would like to film a cat... uh, (laughs) I almost said a cat GPT. I want to film a Gemini... Like Gemini-infused version of Bard AI versus chat um, uh, chat GPT 4.0. Right? I want to make a video updating those two against each other. And I asked the community if you had any use cases that you'd like me to to include, I wanna just tell you the two use cases that I saw dropped and thank you to the community members that did it. One was um, giving a career path for different roles in cybersecurity, which I think is great because then I can evaluate them. Chris Young with the super chat.
1: We just become best friends. Yep.
0: Thank you for all you do, Dr. Osier. My pleasure, Chris. Very happy to have you in the community. Thank you for what you do. Chris Young leading the GRC um, study hall. Um, on uh, 7.30s on Thursday nights, at least, I think. So if you're, if you're a GRC aspiring professional or you're taking the GRC Analyst Masterclass, um, check that out. Um, really quickly, so career paths, different roles, and then write a cybersecurity policy where the two things, I will execute um the command in GPT and Gemini BARD, and I will give evaluations of both. If you have any other thoughts, please let me know. I'm going to chat right now to look at, um, questions. So Legrat says, did you see my LinkedIn message about project spectrum Legrat, No, I did not. Um, that I'll look for it now. Uh, you'll have to tell me what your name, uh, like you have to tell me your real name Legrat. The thing is guys, just so you guys know, I get an a load of LinkedIn messages, like all the, all the time, like all the time. It's, it's very hard for me to, um, to know what's up. Um, let me, let me, let me show you. Like, can I show you really quickly? Like, look, this is my LinkedIn messages. Like, see, you just see how I, I get messages like, like all the time. It, it It's very difficult for me to, um, it's very difficult for me to like, I, I don't, I don't have time and I appreciate everybody reaching out. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, but I just don't, I can't. Uh, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. So if I know somebody sent me something, I'll get in there and look. But I can't, I can't, I don't have time to like. Um. Ca- thanks, Cat GPT, for doing a buffer overflow on my brain. Shall we play a game, game? Also, thanks for the super chat.
1: Did we just become best friends? Yep.
0: Oh, oh, Lazaro with a super chat
1: we just become best friends and
0: Lazaro saying good news incoming next week. Let's F and go. Hey, listen, um, I'm not going to ruin Lazaro's news, but what I will say is if you haven't been here in a minute, whether you're a newcomer or you've been out, we have been tracking Lazaro's job interview path from got the first interview to second interview to panel interview. We've been, I've been personally following Lazaro's path here and celebrating it. And, uh, I don't know what this means, but I have some ideas. Good news incoming next week. I can't wait. Lazaro. Let's F and go, bro. Um, all right. So Tony Parrish says that, um, oh, actually this is a really good thing. Um, all right, hold on really quickly. Casually Joseph's got an idea. Thank you, Casually Joseph. I will um, I will look into that one. Tony Parrish says he hasn't received his gift yet or his prize from Simply Cyber 500. Really quickly, let me tell you guys this. And Tony, thank you for letting me know. If you won a prize on the Simply Cyber 500th episode stream, right? We raffled off like 60 prizes. Please let me know and Josh Mason know. Josh, thank you, Josh Mason. Josh Mason has volunteered to kind of spearhead raffle prize coordination. So like Tony Parrish, I would forward that to Josh Mason, okay? Now, second thing, for some of the prizes like PACT, TCM, ACI Learning, we at Simply Cyber are merely facilitating the connection between you, the winner, and them, the prize giver. So if PACT hasn't sent it yet, let us know, and I will email, I will message PACT um, and, and, and find out what the update is, okay? Um, and Josh Mason, if you're listening, we would like to get an update on uh, Tony Parrish. Um, okay, so Tony, thank you. Um, and guys, if you're if you want a prize on the 500th episode and you haven't got it yet, let me know and let Josh Mason know because we need to get it sorted out. Uh, Crosstech26 has a super chat. Did
1: we just become best friends? Yep,
0: love the GRC class. Where can I get training on different frameworks and standards? Yeah, Ooh. all right, so um, Crosstech26 different frameworks and standards, there isn't really a number one solid resource that I know of right now. Um, if you're gonna wanna get information on CIS 18, um, go like Google CIS eight here, hold on. Let me just show you, watch this. Uh, who asked that question? Cross tech look at this CIS 18 controls. Here's the website for that. You wanna definitely do this CIS 18 um, then check this out. Uh, The spoiler is I've got a video for that. Uh, As usual, I have two videos. Uh, Crosstech26, here is me implementing the CIS-18. Here's me doing a step-by-step of implementing the CIS-18. Two, what I would call good videos. Um, Let me do that. Hold on. Um, Crosstech. There's one. Hold on. Here's another one, Crosstech. And then um, um, here is me implementing NIST Cybersecurity Framework. Uh, excuse me, here's miss, me implementing NIST RMF.